really nice story with a really tragic ending, much like every episode of The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I just imagine you wearing some lingerie, but that's probably just something we keep between us. Juan's <laughs> definitely done some medal management training, hasn't he? So they had stores where you could buy American girls. Uh, can you believe it? I don't know whether I was most perturbed by Joel's situation or about Eddie's sewing skills. I mean, I, I couldn't ask her to darn my socks. This podcast was recorded remotely and may contain adult language and themes. Hello and welcome to TV DNA, The Last of Us, Episode 7, Left Behind. My name's Adam Hemming and he prefers to be known as a freedom fighter, not an anarchist. It's Neil Shepek. Hey, all. He's so smart, he's stupid. It's Damien Cooper. I think that you don't know everything. <laughs> you could well be right. And she's one of the four wonders of TV DNA. It's Izzy Dixon. Are you drunk? No, but I was last night. <laughs> <laughs> last night, we recorded TV DNA live, our very first live show. And that's going to be available for those of you that missed it live. You'll be able to watch it on demand at the Spaces website, www.space.org.uk. All proceeds will go to the Space Lift campaign, raising funds to make sure the space theatre can be accessible to all. But yeah, good night was had by all, right? Very good night. Some sore hairs this morning. Well, let's get into The Last of Us then. Let's have some, yeah, first reactions to episode seven. I am so glad we finally got an Ellie flashback. I feel like I've really been waiting for this and to get her backstory. And yeah, it didn't disappoint. We'll hear from Damien Keeper about how accurate it is to the game. But yeah, I thought this was a really nice story with a really tragic ending. Much like every episode of The Last of Us. (laughs) I was very much worried by the episode title. Part of me was hoping it was going to be referring to a left buttock. But yeah, as soon as I saw the episode title, I was like, oh no. But I think, Damo, you and Bradley did very, very well last week at teasing us with what might have happened without giving any spoilers away. I thought you did an excellent job on that to keep us all intrigued by by what was going to happen in this episode. Sure. I mean, so as, as we said, for those who may have forgotten, this episode is called Left Behind, as Adam has said, which is also the same name for the DLC that joins the game. So this section was released about, I don't know, six months to a year after the game was released. So as players, we got this later in the release order rather than the narrative order. Yeah, it was pretty true to form with some little changes that were really nice. I really enjoyed a couple of the small changes in it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. It was nice to have a more slow-paced episode and really getting to understand Ellie more. And whilst the question of whether Joel survives or not is kind of lingering under all of this, it was really nice to find out more about her and what's made her who she is and her knowledge of you know, previously of the Fireflies and the Cathedra. I thought Bella was great. I thought Storm, he played Riley. I thought she was great as well. No, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Storm Reed is fantastic. I've seen her in a couple of other things. And yeah, she's brilliant. Really, really good. So I was excited to hear about that casting before the episode, but it's a brilliant role. Yeah, very good. Well, let's get into the the opening of the episode then. So we see some bloodstained snow and drag marks in the snow, which gave me a little bit of hope. Um, we get to see the packs and the horse. And then we see Ellie trying to help Joel. He pushes her away, tells her to go north to go to Tommy. And she does leave him. Yeah. How are we feeling after this opening? 
I mean, we knew she wasn't going to leave him, but they did do a lovely bit of flashback choreography, as I like to call it, where she like went through a door and almost like stepped into the flashback, which was real nice. But yeah, and I wasn't worried about her leaving him. Not after last week. I think the way they deal with this at the end of the episode is really satisfying as well. But we'll, we'll get to that. As you say, we enter this flashback of Ellie running in a gym with her Walkman on and she gets into a fight and then ends up in front of Captain Kwong. He sounds like he should be out of a Star Wars. I would say it's less of a fight and more of a straight punch in another girl's face. <laughs> it's like, go Ellie. I mean, we get told by this girl that she's not really a fighter and a friend fight happens for her, the friend we've not met yet. And then she gives her 15 stitches. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. So Captain Kwong says he's put her in the hole three times and it doesn't work. So he's going to try something different. And he's basically going to tell her how stupid she is. And he says there's a leader in you. He tries to inspire her to take it more seriously. He also says if you don't, you'll end up basically spending your whole life listening to someone like Bethany, who she just knocked out. You know, people that were probably intellectually below her, but I guess were able to play the game better. Yeah. Kwong's definitely done some middle management training, hasn't he? <laughs> there's definitely like a stink of i've been to some workshops and seminars about this <laughs> well we then get to see ellie's bedroom and we get sort of some nice little easter eggs in here so there's the no pun intended book and the savage starlight comic her hits of aha tape and a mortal wombat poster yeah yeah i think it's actually mortal combat rather than mortal wombat oh is it yeah, 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 because they play Mortal Kombat in the arcade. But yeah, Mortal Wombat is something that is, as we saw in, in another episode, wasn't it? But not only that, what's quite interesting for the music nerds, the bottom of those three tapes is Etta James. And the, yeah. the song that we have at the end, them dancing on the on the display cases, is Etta James' I Got You Babe. So it's, there's just so much good stuff. There's other small things. One that I missed, just to jump back, Kwong puts, I think, his keys on the table and on the key ring is the logo for Naughty Dog, which is the company that made the game. But I I was too busy at that point looking at my phone, writing notes. So I can't 100% confirm or deny that, but I've seen a lot of people say that that did happen. Cool. The other thing that's in her room is an empty bed. And, you know, we've we've already heard from Bethany that her friend is not there anymore. And we get, again, that sense of someone someone missing only for her then to appear riley creeps up on her and we learn that she's been gone for three weeks and has joined the fireflies and this reminded me of that first time we hear riley mentioned in the show i think back in episode one where marlene asks ellie whether riley was a terrorist so i think ellie calls them the fireflies terrorists and she says was riley a terrorist and ultimately that's part of what this episode is answering really isn't it there's those those questions kind of come back uh, throughout the episode yeah it's that kind of pull between the two of them riley wants to be an agitator from the outside whereas ellie wants to make changes from the inside and and that's kind of where that pull is isn't it certainly towards i'd say the the third to final quarter of the show and probably if we're looking at the theme of rebuilding society that is two sides of the same coin isn't it <clears throat> some of these characters are going to want to do this from the inside, become leaders, kind of fix the world from within, and some people are going to want to jump in, affect change, sort of start a revolution. Yeah, because we also find out that that they know, or, or at least Riley knows, I think maybe Ellie knows as well, 
that Fedra has been overthrown in a lot of other parts of the country. So they they only seem to be having this kind of fascistic, is that even a word, hold over pockets of the country now rather than the entire nation. Riley wants Ellie to go with her. She says, you'll say no and then you'll say yes. And then as they go out, she says, you trust me, right? And again, trust was a big uh, element of the last episode, right? So we're calling back to kind of that conversation that, who is it that has it with, it's Maria, isn't it, that has it with Ellie in, in the last episode? Yeah, it's a really big theme in the last episode. There's probably not many people that Ellie does trust. I think this episode really shows how isolated she is and that, you know, there really isn't anyone apart from Riley that she can rely on, which obviously makes the end of the story very tragic, but we're not there yet. Yeah, and also it kind of explains why she's so open to develop a trust with Joel because it's not been there for a long time. So the fact that she's open for that rather than just kind of cutting herself off. Yeah. They find a body. Apparently the guy wasn't there yesterday, but it looks like he's committed suicide through drinking whiskey and taking some pills. And then we get them drinking the whiskey again, which is another callback to, as Damien pointed out, I think again last week, wasn't it, that she said it's still it's still gross or something like that. So we yeah. drunk it before. I loved this because I this is the first episode I've gotten to watch with my housemate because normally, obviously, the first chance we get to watch it is today. And I'm normally having to do it when I get in from work to do the pod and she's teaching but today is the first time we've overlapped and managed to watch it together and it was really nice watching it with someone else who was able to be like oh that was in last week it was, yeah it was a real joy so yeah we both clocked that at the same time nice little throwback moment we get a bit of ellie nagging it's obviously not a new thing that she does but can i can i hold your gun and then we see them again i, I thought this must be a, an element of the game of them jumping across the rooftops right is that something they do in the game i believe so yeah it's been a while since i've played last of us left behind i mean in general again there's a lot of jumping over rooftops they see new lights there's, there's more people in in the qz and they talk about sort of bombing stuff and um, riley says that's propaganda bullshit and then she takes them we finally see where she's taking her and they go into the mall which ellie believes is, is full of infected but apparently not yeah emphasis on apparently <laughs> <laughs> But it was nice that there was almost like this playground that they found. There's a real sense of kind of innocence and, I guess, joy in what felt like a safe place at the time. Definitely. I think especially when she first meets an escalator and the pure joy uh, at running up and down the escalator was phenomenal. Me and my housemate both said that this episode was really fun. Even though you know something is going to happen before the end of the episode... We were just really happy to be in it and watching it because it was so joyful. And um, I guess time flies when you're having fun, guy. Oh, dear. <laughs> is, is, is that Thanks. the title episode? Yay. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Ellie's joy at moving stairs. And it just reminds you of, because when the infection started, what she hasn't experienced because of her age. And there was other things in the episode as well that kind of highlighted that. Yeah, and the music that's played in the background of that scene is Aha's Take On Me. So, you know, we've had that take before. That is a fairly important song in the game, uh, in both part one and part two. Uh, It has a, a very special resonance, so it's lovely to hear it. 
Well, it was the song that was used in the trailer as well for this season, wasn't it? And is one of my favourite songs of all time. You know, absolutely classic video to that as well, showing my age. But yeah, the other thing I want to point out, although it was a lovely scene and a wonderful moment for Ellie, we do not recommend playing on escalators. Well, as we see, right, she nearly falls. And if it wasn't for Riley catching her, goodness knows what kind of injury she might have found herself with. Well, exactly. Take On Me is an 80s song, right? And it... In the first episode, 80s means trouble's coming. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So I think that was a nice little bit of foreshadowing as well. I was like, oh, I really love this. What a nostalgic bop. It's very like Stranger Things. And I was like, oh, no, wait. So we're going to see four wonders of them all. That's what Riley's promised. And although it's not one of the wonders that Riley has suggested, we see as soon as they come off the escalator, there's a poster for a film, Dawn of the Wolf part two, which is also in the game. There's a giant poster that you stop and talk about Dawn of the Wolf and it being some ridiculous, cheesy Hollywood film that Ellie obviously hasn't seen and Joel, I think, may have seen and thought was a load of shit. I loved that poster. It was great. Both me and Pippa were like, oh, what's the film poster? What's the film poster? Trying to, like, you know, place them all in this little time capsule. And then we were like, nope. (laughs) They note that the shops that have been looted and the ones that were left, so sneakers were taken, but not soap or lingerie. And then they get to the carousel and they're drinking, having too much fun. And this is where I knew it was going to be a painful episode to watch. Yeah, there's a bit more outside the lingerie shop where they're talking and Riley says that imagine you wearing anything like that to Ellie, you know, kind of a bit, I don't know whether it was negging or flirting or what. And then she leaves and then Ellie takes a moment where she looks at her own reflection and kind of tucks her hair back and makes sure she's a bit more, you know, she's happier with how she looks given obviously that she has very strong feelings for Riley. Yeah. There's obviously some attraction there from both sides. I think. And I liked how kind of subtle that was as well. As lovely as this moment was, I was thinking just because it's an apocalypse, why wouldn't you want soap? If I'm going to meet my end, I want to do it having had a nice shower. Do you know what I mean? Lingerie, fair enough. But soap? Well, I think it was toilet paper and pasta first, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed the sort of development. As you say, it was really subtle, the way that the Ellie's feelings for Riley became more apparent as the episode went on. For me, I, I kind of really picked up on it a, a little bit later after the sort of photo booth scene, which she thinks she asks whether it's a time machine. And it kind of is, in a way. Now, I felt that I was seeing callbacks where there weren't any by this point because there was a white rabbit on the photo booth and we had dead white rabbits in the, in the last episode. But yeah, it was definitely me reading far too much into... I did not pick up on that, but I, I would, knowing the show so far and the things they put in, I totally think that's deliberate. Well, the arcade is a callback, right? Because we get the arcade machine where Joel and Ellie go into that service station, I think. We get to play some Mortal Kombat, which is all very enjoyable. And then we get what we know is coming. Demo? I was just going to say, it's interesting. So the character that... I mean, this is serious nerdy stuff, so... Apologies in advance. But the character Riley picks in Mortal Kombat wears a mask. And when she wins, she takes the mask off to show her victory, which I thought was quite interesting. I was like, who who are they going to pick? Why are they picking which particular Mortal Kombat characters? But yeah, I I thought that was quite a nice little touch. I've just realised as well, we've skipped over that the carousel is obviously lovely, but has one of my favourite moments of the episode, which I referenced in my opening line, which was... um, Ellie asking Riley if she was drunk and Riley saying not yet <laughs> and then continuing to swig the whiskey, which was really lovely. Ellie, yeah. not a fan of the whiskey. Riley, 
into it. A lovely line about I'm on a magic horse with a million lights, Sinead, again, which I thought was sweet. Now we get to see what we know is coming, the danger. There are vines creeping through the toy shop and we see this infected waking up. Yeah, so in the game, you do end up going through that toy shop and you see a body that is completely covered in vines, but it's gone. It doesn't come to life. That's not how it all kicks off in the game. So I thought that was a lovely uh, little easter egg for the the people who've played the game it's the i think it's the american girls store that that all happens in i will say now i'm not a fan of creepy dolls just in real life day to day let alone in a scene where there's a zombie that's going to attack people so yeah i found this deeply unsettling and had to pause it for a minute and just give myself a bit of time i just want to go back to what damo just said so they had stores where you could buy american girls uh can you believe it? No, uh, it doesn't work, does it? Sorry. So Ellie wants to go home, but Riley has a gift. And Ellie says she does like gifts. And I'll be your best friend if it's a dinosaur. But it's not a dinosaur. It's volume two of No Pun Intended. And we get a series of wonderful puns. Now, there's one pun that isn't finished. Um, do you know the answer to the question, what do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator. <laughs> I also want a moment for the screenshots one where they read it out and both need of them get it because they've never seen a computer or know what a screenshot is. It's just a great moment. Just really, really good writing. Yeah. How does a computer get drunk by taking screenshots? Uh, yeah. The pun's not great, but their reaction to it, I thought was very, very good. Now, the reason that alligator pun doesn't get finished is because Ellie has found parts for bombs. And so she figures out that Riley is actually stationed there to kind of guard this stuff and we then learn that riley's being sent to a post in the atlanta qz uh, so she's going to be leaving and she asked marlene whether ellie could join her and marlene said no and obviously we know the reasons for that now ellie didn't at the time but this is going to be riley's last night in boston yeah and she says i wanted to see you and say goodbye and she says this isn't easy ellie and ellie just goes it actually is you just did it goodbye and that's just showing Again, a, a kind of depth to Ellie's character. The you know that that that's how she reacts to things, and it makes so much sense of what we've seen so far, and what we'll no doubt see in the future. The way that she copes in situations. There's a strength there, but there's also a kind of blocking off. Yeah, I mean, she says it's Joel in the previous episode, doesn't she? That everyone leaves. <laughs> I thought there was a nice mirroring of Ellie leaving and then going back to Riley, as she kind of does with Joel at the end of the episode, right? But she gets to the, the the fourth wonder or the fifth wonder, which is the Halloween store. And she's asks Riley to give her the book. That's that's kind of the pretense that she's had for going back, right? Yeah, but as she's coming down the, the corridor of the mall, she hears a screaming sound. And we're led to believe that Riley might be in trouble, or, or at least some more heavy foreshadowing of Riley being in trouble. Yeah, I guess because we've seen the infected, they haven't yet. So we hear the screaming and then, yeah, I, I automatically assumed Riley was in trouble. But it's really telling of Ellie's character that her her immediate response to that is to just run straight to her. Yeah, when it was just a prank or the fifth wonder, they then have this almost beautiful mask dance between the two of them, which is really cool. Actually made me think a little bit about Pulp Fiction. I thought that was great. Yeah, and so that also happens in the game. It's a big part of the game as well, the two of them dancing in their masks. I think it's interesting that 
Ellie is given the wolf mask because she's a bit of, she'll be a bit of a loner, as is how I saw it. And then obviously Riley takes the clown mask. Yeah. Are they the mask that they have in the game? Yeah, in the game, Riley gives Ellie the wolf mask. She's wearing the clown mask first. And then you have an option to put on different masks. So you go through a Halloween store and you put on different masks and she there's some jump scares where Riley pops out of places to try and scare you. Nice. Lovely conversation kind of before that that dance where Riley says, you don't know everything, what it was like to have a family, to belong. I matter to them. And Ellie replies, you mattered to me first. You know, you mattered to me before you were important to the Fireflies. And it is this kind of, yeah, you can see this sort of... Did anyone think it was unrequited love initially? Yeah, I did. I did. I thought they did a really good job of setting that up because I definitely felt the way Ellie was probably feeling, which is, is this reciprocated? We know how Ellie feels. We don't know from the other side what's going on. And I actually really liked that. I really liked the ambiguity and then I really liked the payoff. Yeah, because I think even when they had their kind of big showdown where Riley had said it's not easy, just before that, I think Elliot said, well, why have you asked me here? Why are you doing this? And she wasn't getting an answer. And I couldn't work out, yeah, whether it was just that Riley really loved her platonically rather than romantically and wanted to spend time with her, but knew or had a good idea at least that Ellie liked her more than that. So, yeah, I think it was good that we... We've got a bit more clarity at the end of it all. And then Ellie says, don't go. And Riley says, okay. And then they kiss fully on the lips. So it seems like it is reciprocated. And then what do we do now? (laughs) No! Because then the infected attacks. I think the kiss is so great because, yeah, because like Ellie, we've not, we don't really know how Riley feels. And then just this momentous moment and it being fine was so lovely. I mean, then it's not fine. But in terms of like the immediate reaction, which is like, I'm sorry. And she just says, why? Or what for? Like, that's just, it's such a little moment, but it was so, so lovely. For those who remember after episode three, I think, after the Bill and Frank episode, and there'd been a whole discussion about there being a gay relationship and and all that. And both Bradley and I, I think, were saying, you know, because we didn't want to spoil it, but, you know, gay relationships are an important part of The Last of Us because Ellie is also gay. It's great that we have that there because it's yet another thing for close-minded homophobes to fuck off about. Yeah, I think it's interesting, actually, that that hadn't that I hadn't been spoilt for me at all. And obviously lots of people have played the game and have that, that knowledge, but for me, coming into the TV show and having not played the game, that that hadn't been made a big thing of in advance was, yeah, it was really lovely. You've played yeah, the game, a... Adam. I've heard you have. <laughs> I've played many, many games in my time, but not this one. <laughs> well, there's a, a thing, it's in episode two, where Tess says, is there anyone going to come after you, not a boyfriend or anything? And Ellie says, yeah, that no chance of that. So that was kind of one of the ones I think Bradley and I talked about as kind of things slowly being set up for people. Cool. So what's not cool is the fact that both of them get bitten. We first discover that Ellie has been bitten and then we see that Riley also has been bitten and we get this cut back to Joel and Ellie deciding to stay and really kind of why this memory is so important to Ellie. When we go back to the mall Ellie is raging, Riley tells her there's more stuff over there you can break and then they go through their options of what they can do and that's either shooting themselves, finishing it quickly or keeping on going. And I think it's Riley who says it ends this way for everyone, but we don't quit. Two minutes or two days, we don't give that up. God, this was heartbreaking. 
because the ep- the whole episode is about them being young and carefree and being kids. And, you know, the times we've seen that for Ellie, it's they're so few and far between where she actually gets to be a kid. And we get this lovely episode where they really get to explore that. And then it, that really hits home, that message that not everyone does have two months or two years or two decades. Sometimes that is cut brutally short. I just thought, yeah, what an incredible quote to come at the end of this. Again, this makes it she might not be able to save Joel, but she's not going to give up on him. And even if it means she only has two more minutes with him, it's worth her fighting to try and make that happen. And we see her then finding the needle and thread and starting to stitch Joel up. And then the episode ends. Yeah, I don't know whether I was most perturbed by Joel's situation or about Eddie's sewing skills. I mean, I I couldn't ask her to darn my socks. (laughs) My housemate pointed out that Pedro Pascal did some phenomenal pain face acting in this bit. (laughs) It's an amazing performance. He's had no lines in this episode, really. Maybe that's his sex face. You believe that is a man in great pain. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Any final thoughts then? Anything else that we haven't covered? Anything you want to say about this episode or thoughts for? We are going into what? Two more now? Two more. I mean, it's a little bit mean that we have waited a week to find out shit, is Joel going to survive? And now we have to wait another week. (laughs) Thanks, The Last of Us. What is coming in the next episode is fucking nuts. I'm assuming it's going to be a long episode because there's a lot to cover. Well, we've got two more left, haven't we? Yeah, I'm assuming the final episode will wrap a lot of our, the kind of end game stuff. So there's still something huge to happen before the end game stuff. And is this similar in terms of how far you would be through the game by now? Like they say that season one mirrors the first game. So are you, you know, by this point, pretty much towards the end of the game or is there still quite a bit to go? There's a sizable chunk. There's two big sections left. Okay. Really. And then one tiny kind of small epilogue. Awesome. So maybe each of those sections will get an episode each. That's my thinking. Well, episode eight was, again, by people who'd seen the whole show, someone had mentioned that episode eight was a big, big episode. So strap in next Monday, folks. It's fucking mad. I'm going to have to really sharpen up my pun game for then. Got to do it justice. I've been trying to work one in, Izzy, around toadstools. I was playing with too cool for stool for this episode. but That sounds shit, mate. Because <laughs> I, I don't think it's as good as your one. Struggled with toadstool. It's a really hard one to pun on. Yeah, because stool means a chair, basically. You don't necessarily automatically think of toadstool when you think of that. Chair well, or... Yeah, exactly what I mean. Stool makes me think of shit. Fair enough. Right, if if you want to tell us what stool means to you or anything else that you're thinking about The Last of Us or what you've been watching, you can contact us on the social medias. TVDNAPod is where we're at. And you can also email tvdnapod at gmail.com. So, anyone got a Last of Us line to see us out of this episode? No, I'm just going to leave you behind. I was going to say, I just imagine you wearing some lingerie, but... That's probably just something we keep between us. <laughs> right, I'm off to find the nearest carousel. Cheery bye! We'll hear from Damien Keeper about how, uh, how you know, um, oh my God, words, how accurate it is to, how accurate it is to the game.